0: For February 18th, 2016, this is episode 38 of the PHP Roundtable. Today, we're talking about proposed features of PHP 7.1. I'm your host, Sammy K. Powers. PHP has a request for comments or RFC process to add new features to make significant changes to PHP or to, you know, add like the newest, coolest idea even though the much anticipated php 7.0 was just released about a few months ago many developers are already hard at work on 7.1 today we're chatting with a few rfc authors about that feature that they are proposing to to add to php 7.1 so without further ado in no particular order let's meet the panel first off we have this guy who used to be very involved in PHP but comes back to write random RFCs—it's Mister Senor Senor Tur- Tortuga. It's Phil Sturgeon. Welcome, Phil.
1: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was, we also uh, have. Was that? That, that? that was good. Senor Tortuga is—is is the correct pronunciation. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we also have the Slayer of PHP frameworks and badly written cryptography, Scott Arsizwinski. Ar- Did I get it right? Uh-oh. We can't. We lost Scott. Well, Scott, work on your mic. You're not muted, but I think your mic might be broken. So Scott will hopefully be trying, chiming in later. Also, we have Andrea Folds, who is actually present but not present. She's in the Hangouts, but she's uh, she'll be chiming in later on in the show. So she'll be coming in uh, about halfway through. We also have François Lupert, and I think well, I, mean, I might just call you Frank to make it a little easier. But uh, he's a Linux system engineer and working on PHP as a hobby. Welcome, Frank. Okay, you're muted. That's good. <laughs> cool. All right, finally, well, we have Davey Shafik, Shafik, the developer evangelist at Akamai Technologies, creator of FAR, and he's D. Shafik on Twitter. Welcome, Davey. Hello, everyone. Are you using, we, we were trying to figure out if you're using your British accent or American accent on this one. When you figure it out, tell me, because I've got no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so That's usually both. <laughs> So I wanted to kind of kick this off with um, some, uh, some RFCs that have been actually officially implemented into 7.1. And, and I think Andrea's got uh, one or two that have been implemented, but she's not here yet. So I think the next person up that actually has – Davey, you have um, one, one or two of your RFCs are actually already implemented for 7.1, right? So I have one that's been accepted. Uh, it has an
2: implementation, but they're waiting on tests, which is then the next RFC, uh, because it has requirements. Um, so that's, yeah, so I have I have one on HTTP2 server push support for curl. Um, so it's, it's fairly minor. Uh, I'm not a big C person, so it was as much as I could manage. Um, so that got accepted, uh, but it does need tests, but unfortunately that means we need an HTTP2 server uh, upon which we can run tests. So the next RFC I'm working on is... Uh, HTTP2 support in the CLI server, because then we can
0: run tests on HTTP2. So what is it on HTTP2 that you implemented then? Like so, you, there's uh, something about push, right? Yeah, so, so uh,
2: HTTP2 supports the ability for the server to actually push resources down to the browser and say, hey, uh, we want to give you this, do so you, you want it? Um, and it doesn't have to be a browser, of course. CURL is, is you know a user agent uh, that can do HTTP2. So um, it's something that's part of libcurl. Uh, and has been for some time, and is now exposed through the PHP extension.
0: So, is this like a feature that will just be, be supported by default, kind of like in the background, and you, it's not like a, a special function that you interface with?
2: Yeah, so um, it's it's basically options that you set.
0: So you set a callback
2: that will be called when a push is initiated by the server, and then you decide in that whether you want it or not. Um, and then it gets pushed. Traditionally, it would go into the browser cache, but it just becomes programmatically available as a response that you can handle, uh, as if you'd made the request yourself. Um, I mentioned, it's it's part of libcurl. It does require libcurl to be compiled with HTTP2, um, so which is the default, I think, on Ubuntu. Um, and a few other distros, but it's, it's, if you compile it yourself,
0: it's not the default. What, what, you've been involved in PHP's core for a really, really long time, right? Like it's, This isn't like your first RFC or anything. <laughs> it is actually my first RFC. It's, um, really, really?
2: Yeah, the only other change I've had, uh, I, I had a very small function added back in 5.3, um, which was a streams-related function. Uh, But that was kind of before the RFC process came around, Um, so that got in there, uh, and then I was involved in the creation of FAR, but I only did it at the user land. I'm not a a C programmer, but I'm I'm working on it. Um, So this was my first official RFC.
0: Now, I could have swore I saw your name on the uh, Spaceship Operator RFC.
2: Yes, so I did did write an RFC for that. I wrote it against 5.6 uh, Andrea came along and did it for five, uh, for seven, sorry, uh, without realizing that I had done it. Um, so she was kind enough to add me also to the seven, even though I had nothing to do with the actual code uh, or implementation. Uh, I did come up with the name for the, for the operator, though, based on, <laughs> on Ruby, uh, which is the spaceship. So uh, I think that that's kind of what earned me the spot.
0: Nice. Well, um, there was actually, there was another, um, already implemented, uh, RFC that I was looking at but it, nobody here on the roundtable was responsible for it. It was Sean DuBois and um, Zia. I don't think I'm saying that right but it's the class constant visibility RFC and it basically allows you to take a constant in a class usually you just define it with you know the const keyword and then like in all caps your constant um, and it allows you to mark it as private, protected or public just like you could with other class properties so um, you're Class constants aren't always public by default. They, they'll still be public by default, but you can actually mark them as private, which is kind of cool. Did you guys see that, RFC? Yeah,
1: I, I, I saw that today, and I um, I was impressed with it and also confused because I thought you could do that already. <laughs> like, it, it strikes me as, as, as kind of odd that that isn't already a thing, but I'm super happy that it is a thing now. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It should have just been part of like when they added them in the first place.
0: Well, it's cool to see um, the oversights get corrected
1: eventually <laughs> in PHP. Yeah. I've noticed that, like, version 7 and especially 7.1 are all aiming for consistency. It's kind of an eventual consistency thing, which, you know, we'll get there one day. But um, <laughs> a lot of things that were quirky or wacky or, or odd or just broken um, in in kind of the 5 series, most of them have been taken care of by PHP 7, like the uniform syntax stuff and, and you know, um, Uh, The abstract syntax tree and all sorts of other things have just really made 7 be much more consistent. And 7.1 is fixing the little bits that are left. So, yeah, it's weird that your constants are always public. So maybe you can hide those now like everything else, you you know, like all our properties and and methods and stuff. So that's good.
0: Well, you're coming from – you're just mainly spending most of your time in the Ruby world now, right, Phil? Yeah, Yeah, which is fun. Uh so so why are you why are you in this RFC discussion then? <laughs> Cuz you
1: invited me, I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, of course. Um well, so, so, I was going to say like the the reason I, I occasionally am involved with RFCs, I I don't really write any C um what I've done with uh, with Joe Watkins for two different RFCs, one of which passed, one of which didn't, is um he he likes to write the code and I apparently am reasonably good at arguing. So what ends up happening is that I become, like, the representative of the RFC, and I, and I write a lot of the RFC, and because I've been in, involved in so many of these arguments and and heard so many of the same things come up time and time again, I now have the superpower of preempting what the problems will be with, with an RFC and uh, kind of explaining away those problems before they're even brought up. And uh, it's usually the same stuff. It's always you can already do this by implementing some wacky shit way of doing it instead of this nice way you're proposing. So you put in, like, why the other way is kind of shitty and, and, and why it's different. So um, I can kind of tell what arguments are going to be be, uh, be had and then um, and then improve an RFC to make sure it doesn't get stuck in the mud on those very same arguments.
0: And specifically, you've got an RFC that you're you, – you, you messaged me a couple – Um, months ago or it was like I don't know it was was a little while ago and you're like hey are you still wanting to contribute more to PHP Source and I was like yeah and you were like I got an idea so what was your idea and what was the inspiration
1: behind it Uh, the idea was a retry keyword and the inspiration was nick it from Ruby Um, (laughs) I've been working with Ruby a fair bit, and and whilst I don't think that every single feature that every single other language uh, has should be bunged into PHP, and whilst I don't think that we want to turn PHP into Ruby because we could just use Ruby if we were going to do that, uh, I do think there are quite a few nice things in Ruby that would fit very much at home uh, in in the PHP language. So some of them... um, uh, For example, yeah, the the retry keyword, basically, uh, in try in a try-catch block, uh, you, can, you, can run a, you can use the retry keyword to just execute the try again, right? You can just say, oh, you tried doing this thing, but we caught an exception, so have another go at that. And, uh, and that's pretty useful for things like um, when, when you make a, a web request to another service, and that service just happens to be down right now. Um, if you get a, a, a rate-limited response or you get a, a some sort of 500 error because it's just down, then you can just do, like, sleep five seconds and try again. And some people think that's silly because, you know, oh, it's, it's a web request. You shouldn't be waiting for five seconds. Well, not everything's a web request these days. A lot of people are building um, command line utilities, workers. They've got, like, uh, uh, Beanstalk running, so they have, like, asynchronous processes, all this other stuff that doesn't need to be super fast. You can just say, like, hold on a second and try again, and, and that's pretty handy.
3: Hey, Andrea. Yeah. Hi. Andrea um, just joined this. Uh, unexpected delays. Unexpected.
0: Right? <laughs> well, I've got some questions for you, Andrea, in just a second. We've got um, we were talking about the retry keyword um, RFC that uh, me and Phil were were kind of working on, and oh, and cool. so Phil had this idea of doing the retry keyword, and you and I started working on implementation, and I got as far as adding it to uh the the ast like i got it through the parser and the ast layer and just right now i'm just figuring out how to get it to sort of i think be context aware whether it's in a, a, a catch block and then deal with all the opcodes that send it back to the try block and <laughs> i've been uh chatting with a I i chatted with lee um i don't know his last name who uh we worked on the C spring together for php7 and he was helping me to kind of understand like opcodes and stuff like that and he actually uh, I think it was him that, refer- or maybe it was somebody on Twitter who referenced a game um, to that is like a like you have to fix like this old computer that's like all you have to send opcodes to it and fix like, it when it breaks. I can't remember what it's called though. I He's
3: can't remember. To- it sounds familiar, and, but I can't remember. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, but if I if I if I think of it, I'll have to add it to the show notes. But um, but Phil, uh, I'm curious, like. What, um, what you, <clears throat> excuse me, you, I, you, you seem to have like already kind of, <laughs> I I wrote like a little bit of the RFC and then you kind of fleshed it out like in, in a whole lot more like kind of anticipating, like you said, you're really good at anticipating what people are going to be saying and stuff. What do you feel like is going to be the, the biggest hump for the retry keyword?
1: Um, the biggest hump for the retry keyword along with most RFCs, like I said, is that you can already do it in this shit way. So why do you want to have this nice, tidy way of doing it? Right. Um, a very common response is, is uh, you can just use more methods, right? You can just wrap things in more methods, but adding more and more and more and more and more methods to your class just so that you can easily re-execute something doesn't necessarily seem like the best approach. You shouldn't have to change the design of your code just for a control statement. Um, The other very popular uh, reason against using retry is that uh, people could just use GoTo, and you can. You can use a GoTo right before your try keyword. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah, there's getting a laugh there. Absolutely. that's So the two things against using GoTo for this are, firstly, people have a really, like, um, they have a hatred for GoTo, and sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's not. GoTo in PHP is nowhere near as bad as it is in other languages. You can't just, like, go to different files and just, like, go to, boom, and you have no idea where the password's going. Um, it is much more restricted, but people just don't like yeah. them. Uh, people really hate go to. So when you try and have a, a, a useful conversation about why use a retry keyword when you can use go to, everyone just goes, I don't want to. <laughs> um, but the other problem is it, it's not the same thing. You can put like go to label um, right at the top above your try, and then you can say go to there, which is kind of the same thing, but it's it's not quite as eloquent. Like internally, it could use the same logic, perhaps. Like all tries could like define one by. Uh, it's like whatever, right? It's just a different thing. And whenever people in PHP try and propose a new feature, so like they just say, you can use arrays for that. You can use this for that. You can use something else for that. You don't, you don't need yeah. named parameters. You can have a you can have a class which is a, like a param bag and you can do all this extra shit and hit the auto loader and document a separate class or just use arrays. Like no, named parameters are the correct thing to use. Um, so using the correct thing sounds like a better approach than just hacking shit with go-tos, you know?
3: Like, I mean, I'd agree with you usually, but, like, it's not something that's especially inelegant with GoTo. And the the thing is, you're essentially adding another way to do GoTo. And, like, in JavaScript, you have this feature where you can put a label at the top of a loop and then do break and then that label and it jumps back to the top of the loop or exits that loop. Um, in PHP, you can only do it by number, but... in and in javascript you have that feature and people mostly just use it to simulate go to and i feel like this is the sort of feature you'd add if you didn't have go to but since you have it like i mean i mean it it, it reduces it replaces one label and then this go to retry with just a single retry which doesn't feel like that big of a gain if that makes any it, sense.
1: It, the is just is just elegance, and, and that's kind of the re- approach in Ruby, is that um, Ruby tries its hardest to be as nice as it possibly can, whereas PHP usually settles for good enough. Um, and it, it depends on the way that you've got your code structures, uh, structured and, and how it looks. And if, really, the retry keyword is just adding a go-to that you didn't have to write, then that's fine. Um, you, you know, people can modify the file and change things you have this one bit of go-to floating off towards the top further away and and it's just it's just more uh, kind of compact and and self-isolated if you just literally have a retry keyword and it doesn't require some other thing which people might not know how they fit together and it could you know move away um and like copying and pasting the the uh, uh, the, the, the block of code to try catch what <laughs> they're doing and put it in a different file. Like all these random things, they seem silly, but it's just having a retry is just really simple. Like do that again, go. It, it and seems and to me that it's it, more
2: about expressing your intentions a little bit more explicitly. Yep. Um, at the at the call site, the thing, the nice thing about go to, I'm not 100% sure that the the um, uh, abilities of go to PHP allow it, but I think it would be quite common that, say, for example, you would set up. Um, a http client like you you mentioned mm-hmm. and then you would make the call um you you would typically encapsulate all of that in a single try block but it's only the call that failed so with the, with a go to you could actually not have it go to the top of the try block but to just before the call and just do the call again um, so it actually is is
1: more featureful than a retry um, so uh, that sounds a bit weird i i would generally uh I'd probably wrap that in multiple. Like you don't want you don't want one method to be doing like ten different things, right? So if you have a client, then you wouldn't really necessarily design it that way. Also, you see quite often people um, people will have multiple catches on a single try. So based on different things happening, you can then do a retry or you can not, right? And that's quite a handy one. So like you're not defining a label to go back to if you don't need to. You're saying that you know we're we're only going to retry it if this certain case is met, which means things are a little bit more clear and you're not reading down like, where the fuck does that go to There, I don't know. Maybe I'll work it out later on. Like it just literally says, Hey, this thing happened, try it again. And it's just the most semantic, clear, intentional way instead of just like, well, I guess we can do it this way. Cause it kind of works. You know, you can do it with for loops. You can do it with whiles, You can do it with anything you want. You can have a while true. And then you can say like, keep on trying it unless foo equals false, right? There's, there's loads of ways of doing it, but none of them are as expressive as please try this thing again. Cause it didn't work
0: i'm curious um how you would actually implement this for failed http requests because i had just implemented a feature um in a project that would retry uh, chunked file upload so you could take try one chunk at a time and if one chunk failed you would you could retry that chunk again and it was interesting that i had just implemented this feature in this project and and phil sends me this as much as like the retry keyword i was like whoa i could have used that in that project i just did um so phil uh There was a, I think there was a somebody had commented in the code on the retry um, logic that I was adding that they should add like a sleep five or something like that before it tries the next one. Um, And typically, I'm very much uh, not about adding sleeps to my code as it kind of like keeps that whole it keeps that whole process blocked up. And excuse me. And if I'm not using something like React PHP or something that makes it more asynchronous, um, it's really hard to figure out like what how is it that do I just try, retry that request straight straight out of the gate, or do how how do you approach like retrying a HT, failed HTTP request with maybe a, a a little bit of a time buffer?
1: Right. Uh, well, the idea of the sleep request, although it doesn't make your code as quick as it can possibly be, if you're trying to upload to a server and the server's not there, then you have to wait, right? Like if if the message you're getting from the server is "I'm not here right now," then you're gonna have to wait until it's there, and there's nothing you can do about that. So that's that's when a sleep comes in. Um, Otherwise, yeah, unnecessarily throwing in sleeps is, is usually a bad idea. But as long as you're not doing this stuff in, like, user-facing endpoints, so the user isn't literally waiting for five seconds to get there, then it's usually okay. And, and even if they are, like, if you're processing a credit card request and, and you need to have a response from the gateway to come back immediately, right, you need to have that before you can send them on anywhere else. Um, if you if you do have to put it in user facing, then the user waiting for a couple of seconds is better than the user just getting an error saying "screw you, your tr- your card transaction didn't work." Right? Um, so depending on the type of response you get back, depending on the error code, you can react differently. And if it's a if it's a four uh, four hundred and something, then obviously you did it wrong and you should give an error straight away. And if it's a five hundred and something, then maybe waiting a little while and trying again would be a good idea because the server's overloaded or whatever the hell's going on, right? Um, just that.
0: Trudette. <laughs> well, I actually want to move this on to the um, to one of Andrea's uh, implementations uh, that's oh, actually no, this officially been implemented.
3: What's that? This means I have to speak again. It does uh, mean you look. have to speak again.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I wanted to ask you about the void return types RFC that's oh, been yeah. implemented for 7.1. So this RFC makes it so that a function
3: can return void? Question mark? It's, uh, it, it's sort of inspired by um, a bunch of other languages, like in C and C-sharp and Java and a lot of languages with um, static typing. And also in the PHP doc blocks, you can use void to sort of mean no return type. Like, it's not really a type because there is no void value. It's just this marker to say this thing doesn't return anything. And because that was one of the things that I felt was missing with PHP 7's return types, because you had the basic um, scalar types and you had classes, and there were some other things missing, but there's nothing to say this function uh, doesn't return anything, which is quite useful. Um, like, because quite often you write a method or a function that just uh, does some action but doesn't give you any result back, and having a way to Say this function's return value isn't useful. Um, it, it is useful in that situation. It's mostly for documentation. And the other thing is interfaces. Um, if you if you don't want um, if you want to make sure that a class implementing your interface doesn't return something in the um, in the implementation, then it's useful there as well.
2: Does, sorry, does it, um, if you try to do a return statement of any kind, or maybe with a value, will it just do a type error? It's,
3: it's only with a value. Um, okay. Technically, like, return with nothing and return null are equivalent, in, usually in PHP, but I decided to make them not equivalent here. It's kind of a code-style choice, so I decided that, like if you provide a value, then it's not allowed in a void function, and if you omit a value or if you have no return statement, then it's fine.
0: So is it more to convey more, I guess, semantic meaning while you're looking at a code base and you say, "Oh, this function or method returns null," so that could be that could either mean something in the code, or it could just yeah. be that it just doesn't return anything. Whereas if you say that this function has a void return type, it most certainly doesn't have any value that I would need to deal with. Yeah, at all.
3: That, that was the thing. There was um, a bit of a, there was some disagreement. Uh, I think that the main thing people disagreed with in the RFC was. Uh, naming because we could name the return type void or we could have a null return type and the difference is that null is an actual type that PHP has Um, and so that would just return your that would require your function to return a null value and I was more in favor of void because familiarity mostly um, that's what other languages tend to do and um, it's also what we tend to use in the manual and in doc blocks, but there would be some point to having null because in um, in a lot of languages like C, C-sharp, Java um, some others as well, uh, if you have a function with void it has no return value at all, if you try to assign from the result of that function it's an error and in PHP isn't like that and this RFC doesn't change it uh, in, in PHP a function that doesn't return something, actually you just get null out. And that hasn't changed the void return types. It's mostly just this documentation thing. Um so there was some disagreement there, but uh most of the vo- but the uh it's still passed by a large margin. So
0: that's cool. So if I have a function, for example, in PHP 7.0 or lower, and I try to say my variable equals and then the function name or method name, and that method actually either doesn't have any return keyword in it or it has a return keyword but doesn't actually return a value, so it's like return semicolon. Right now, it'll if I were to var dump that that variable I created with that function, it would say null, right? But if yeah. you're, But you're saying if I were to use either have no return keyword or have a return keyword and just end it with a semicolon and not actually return a value. Um, and then I try to set that to a variable. It'll throw a type type error uh, exception. In,
3: if, if you were using another language, yes. In PHP, I decided that it wasn't worth changing. So it's still a void function. Though it does say void, you do actually still get null out of it. Um, the big reason for that is mostly because um, though it seems not very useful in that case you really don't want to get a value out of it ideally you'd have an arrow um it would kind of be it would kind of be a backwards compatibility problem because there's a lot of code out there which assumes if you call any given function you will get some value out of it it's not an arrow um some things like uh some functions if you pass them a callback um, it will return back to you what the callback returns, and obviously if you were to pass it a void function then suddenly it would break if if I made it so you couldn't use the uh, return value. Right. So void functions in PHP still return null, um, but your IDE will probably warn you if you try to assign from it, and that's good
2: enough for me. It, it's often used, like Hack has it as well, and it's used in the static analysis part of it, where if you were, for example, to extend a class that had a method that returned void and then you tried to do a return, that would be an error. And of course, you think you're returning something when you're actually not or shouldn't be. Um, it's more used for that rather than when you're actually calling it. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, like like a specific example I, I heard of was like, um, people had implemented but there are lots of these standard interfaces and frameworks and such and I think there was some example of someone some framework providing an interface and a lot of the implementations of it, instead of just returning null or some dummy value, would actually provide some extra information that wasn't in the standard and then people would end up relying on this extra information that you got in that implementation, even though it wasn't part of the official interface. It was just something the implementations did. And that's something you can prevent in 7.1 by using void return type because um, if you implement an interface where it says void you aren't allowed to return anything.
0: I like that. That's awesome well by the way it's it's nice to see you back i, I know uh you had you would worked put so much stuff and so added so many features and and, and been so involved in seven and I know you got really busy with other things and you had to focus on other things and it's good to see you that you've been able to to create some time to work on seven point one stuff and and already have an implementation going. Do you have any other uh, r f c s that you're working on or or planning on or you know maybe yeah, putting out there? like
3: this there's two that I have at the moment, one that recently got accepted and one that is probably going to go to a vote with, uh, at some point soon. So the one that recently got accepted was the um, list keys RC. So are you familiar with list? It's this um, – like on the left-hand side of an assignment, if you want to um, – if you have an array with several elements, um, numbered elements like 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, or something, um, you can assign them like en masse, like in a group into variables. So you can just say list ABC equals some array and it'll set A to the first element, B to the second element, C to the third element, so on. Uh, but you can't do that with. Um, Particular keys. So if your array has string keys, like maybe it's some JSON object or whatever, you can't use it there. It only works if there's numbered keys in order. So the list keys I is basically now you can put uh, which keys you want to assign from. So um, that's pretty, that's pretty much all it does. Um, and it's useful in some situations where you have some it's, it's most useful where you have some associative area with some values and you want to unpack them into variables um, the RFC didn't sell its case very well um, mostly because it focused too much on potential uh, future scope like I have an idea from from this syntax you could make a further RFC that let you use it in uh, function parameters but we don't currently have that, and the RFC kind of focused too much on it, and I think that made it more controversial than it should have been.
2: Should have had Phil write it.
3: <laughs> I, I'm oh. not sure if that help would have helped or would have hindered it.
1: <laughs> well, sorry, are you saying that No, Andrea changed? doesn't need the help sheet.
3: <laughs>
1: Go ahead, Phil. I'll say Andrea really doesn't need the help. Um, awesome RFC generator over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, are you saying that the that the list uh, syntax has changed when you want to do a um, like you want to use an associative array?
3: Yeah. Um. Like, actually, oh, if I, if I want to be really fancy, I could try and show this on camera, but I'm, I probably shouldn't. Uh, cause it probably <laughs> won't work very well.
0: And the people <laughs> listening in their car will will really enjoy it as well. I'm sure they'll. Um...
3: <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, so at the moment. The current syntax is like you do list, open bracket, and then a variable name, a comma, another variable name, and so on. And then just assign it, and then an equals, and then just uh, an array name. So if I have an array with three elements, I can do list, open bracket, dollar a, comma, dollar b, comma, dollar c, close bracket, equals, and then the array name. so the new syntax is, it's the same opens with list, but you can also put, like, before the variable name, uh, a key, so probably a string, and then just um, the arrow thing that you have in arrays, like an equals greater ah, than gotcha. sign, that thing. So basically, it, 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 it does what you'd expect it to, um, pretty much. Um, it, it, I think... It, it's it's most useful and sort of um some I find that I, I see list used a lot when people want to return multiple values, because obviously a function PHP can only return this single value. We don't have um multiple return values like you have in Go. So a common pattern is people will return an array with uh multiple elements for each of their sort of return values, like um Nikita Popov's uh fast root, which some frameworks use for routing, if you, when you um when you tell it to root, uh it gives you back this array which has like the um the handler function and the parts of the URL and uh oh yeah, and, and whether the whether the like URL was found or not. And then the typical way to deal with that is you just use list to put in to assign it into variables. Uh, but obviously the problem with that is, you know, that it's uh, it's just an array with, with numbers. You only know what those indexes are by looking at the documentation. So now you could name those um, values in the array and I think it would help code to be more readable in that case.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I like the idea of the new uh, list syntax for associative arrays. It almost like sounds like a precursor to named parameters. I don't know. Does has anybody has anybody um, seen any RFCs about doing any named parameter stuff or so, thinking about doing named parameters?
3: <laughs> like named parameters are something that a lot of people want. It's it, the, the big problem with named parameters is basically a technical challenge. Um, like the basics of it. I mean, I haven't tried to implement it myself, but I understand that actually having parameter names, you know, it, it, it's a, its quite a bit of work to go into the engine, but that's simple enough. The big problem is that if you have name parameters, um, if you can, you know, specify, say, what um, what each argument is by name, then suddenly the names you've chosen for your parameters are actually meaningful and that turns out to be like a huge problem because um, every built-in function in PHP, each parameter is named in three different places there is the PHP manual says one thing and sometimes the translations of the manual are done badly and say different things in other languages because you've had someone translate it who doesn't realise that the name is a technical thing that can't be translated so that's actually happened sometimes where like the German Uh, version will translate uh, number into number or something Um, but but yeah you have your version in the manual Um, you have in the source code itself there's like above every function we have a comment and that comment describes what the function does and I think the documentation is actually generated from that initially but then after that it's manually maintained so that's not necessarily synced up with the manual it might say something else and then there's the actual thing that matters, which is the there's this these structures in the code that actually say what the names of the parameters are. So the problem is, if we turn on name parameters, someone's going to go and say, hey, I'm just going to use this built-in PHP function for, say, walking through arrays, and they're going to think that the first parameter is called array. So they'll put in array equals name and think, yay, name parameters. And then PHP is going to throw an error back at them because actually internally it's not called array, it's called R or something like that.
0: Right. And, and that's yeah, there's a big lot of problems that could come up with that. For sure. Like that's, I, and and it's interesting that like I, I feel like that's going to keep coming up. You know, there's there's lots of things like um, that keep coming up in our as proposed RFCs. Like let's get all the uh, function names um, yeah. kind of all named the same, and let's get our haystacks and needles in the straight place. But so, I feel like some of those things are kind of like doomed to be uh, never fixed. <laughs> um, you know, but like, but. That's one of the endearing things about PHP is that it's got these little quirks, right? These little, yeah, these little it's like, things about
3: it. The thing with name parameters is currently it really doesn't matter that much at all that the name's are out of sync. Like, it means that if you use the reflection classes uh, and look at the names of the parameters using reflection, then yeah, they're not the right ones, but it's not really that big of a deal because, again, you're only passing parameters by name, and if you ever need to look at reflection, you mostly need a number. Yeah, yeah it's not ideal That's not the name, but it doesn't really have that much impact. Um, and it is something that could be fixed. It's just a lot of effort. Nobody wants right. to go through all the functions and manually update them. Or you could write a script to do it, but like it would be a lot of work to actually write something that looks at the manual and compares the comments in the source code and navigates the base to find where the name is declared as well. And it's just a lot of effort. And the other problem is not just internals. Because, like, fix internals, that's great. Now, um, like, tons and tons of PHP code out there that uses inheritance is now invalid because, you know, someone's written a class or an interface that says a parameter needs to be named this. And their implementation has changed the name of the parameter. And, you know, of course, in the past that didn't matter. But if we have named parameters, you know, suddenly we need to start throwing an error when that happens
0: yeah that's I think it's always really interesting, is, especially for like open source packages like you have to realize what's a breaking change. I used to not think that protected methods were a breaking change to change those, but if you think if someone's extended yeah. your class, then that's a breaking change so there's all these little subtle um breaking chains for Changes that you would yeah. never think of if you're maintaining like an open source package. But I do want to um, actually move it on to Front uh, Frontsway, Frank uh, and Scott before uh, we have we run out of time because uh, Frank, you've got some uh, lots of really cool RFCs out there, or you've been working on a lot of stuff. Um, and one of them, like what what would you say? Because there's so many. There's you have a list here of like to load PHP extensions by name and including the PCS uh, pickle extension uh, into the core distribution and um, a new cache key stream operation thing like what what are you working what what's the most exciting thing you're working on right now
4: yeah some are related uh the cache key for for instance is related to PCS. <clears throat> but the most exciting I think even if it's not end user uh, is PCS because it's a way to. It's something that is waited for, um, has been waiting for a long time. It's something that there there has been proposals for these two. and uh, it's a way to include uh, PHP code in uh, extensions to write parts of extensions uh, in PHP uh, because we as PHP 7 is still faster now. Uh, we have more and more reasons to. Uh, more and more pieces of code that can be written in PHP, uh, related to performance. And um, we have, uh, even if you look at the, um, just the extensions, including the core, there are many parts that would be uh, rewritten in PHP. Uh, the, the main example I take is uh, PDO layer. The generic PD layer, in my opinion, could be in, maybe fully rewritten in PHP, and it would make it much more maintainable. So uh, PCS is um, is a service for extensions. It's a generic service, so in 7.1, uh, it will be proposed for inclusion in the core. And I think it's the most exciting part uh, of the, the, the things you, you told about. Um, Actually, there are two problems for including PHP PHP code in extension. The first one is uh, to make sure that the code is uh, um, taken into account by the opcode cache, Uh, it must be cached. And today, uh, code uh, behind a stream wrapper could not be cached. Expect some special cases for file and far, but it was um, hard-coded in the opcode cache. So we need a way to communicate with the opcode cache to know if something is cacheable or not from the stream wrappers. This is the cache key, <laughs> the RFC, which is related to, which is, which is needed by PCS but not part of PCS. So the cache way- key
0: uh, operation. So this is like a. PSP
4: operation is the way for an opcode cache to ask a stream browser whether a given URL can be cached or not, and the key to use to cache it.
0: So if, okay. if I'm um, at, like, sir, if I'm making an S, um, HTTP request and um, it returns a not modified response, like it, is that what you're saying? It would cache? like the actual response? Uh,
4: it's not the same. It's not the same. You're cache. talking
0: about opcode caching?
4: Opcode cache, because okay. it's just for code. It's pre-compiled code. Uh, it's a way um, PHP can cache uh, compiled code and then execute it again without compiling it again. Uh, <clears throat> it's quite special because stream wrappers generally are not used to distribute code. but uh, there are some like FAR, PHK, and now PCS that are specialized in distributing scripts. So, for these ones, the scripts must be able to be cached for performance reasons, especially on extensions, because that's code that is intended to be used again and again. Very, uh, and by many, many requests. So, it must be cached. and. The the other um, actually that's the main reason, and uh, this could not be done. I must look at something else. Uh, excuse me. While you're looking yes. that up. you... The second, yeah. the second reason is uh is very simple. Is when you expose symbols, uh you write PHP code. For example, let's say you have a, a procedural extension exposing only functions, and you want to build a, an object-oriented layer above it. Above it. Above it. We have many extension classes like this, and it's quite long and hard to build uh, objects, classes, and and write this layer. If you write it in PHP, it's very simple, very easy, but the problem is that the user code must uh, know the the classes so uh, the only reason is uh, the only way today is to load every script at at the beginning of every request and that's very long even if we use the upcode cache uh, even with the upcode cache we can have to load tens or hundreds of scripts, so uh, the second uh, mechanism provided by PCS is uh, to include um, an for this uh, code. So the the code registered by extensions will be scanned automatically at the uh, when PHP starts, and will be built and uh, the code will be auto-loaded without uh, any, any overhead at the beginning of the request. So that's the two main mechanisms we need to, 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 to provide something really usable for many cases.
0: So it sounds like you're focused on not only if, uh, optimization, but maintainability in your RFCs and what your contributions are about, right? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Uh, well, and you also have uh a, a you have mentioned here that you're taking over the far project? Is that is that right Davey? is he stealing it from you?
2: <laughs> no, I uh, I did not I did not write the C side of that. I I could not write the C side of that. <laughs> so, I'm I'm really excited that someone is going to give it some love. It definitely needs some um, you know, it's 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 pretty awesome, uh, you know, that's there, but uh I'm I'm really happy to see someone taking it over. So, no stealing involved. <laughs>
4: um that's something i do when when i have time because it's big big work um first taking over far because far is very complex um, um it's not very complex but it's uh it's a huge piece of code so you must understand everything that's in, inside uh then um i would like to to build a, a new version a new major version by merging um, FA and uh, an alternate system I had built uh, that named PHK, uh, which is almost the same, but not the same, <laughs> different. Uh, different, but uh, many things can be merged. Uh, and I would like to, for version three, I would like to focus on, um, especially among others, about signatures. And uh, mechanisms we provide to sign packages to because make it more secure. I think uh, we don't have a, a mature uh, offer for uh, signing packages, key shorts, and everything related to to this way to to authenticate and um, and certify uh, packages.
2: Can I make a request? Um, I ran into an issue... Can I, I said, can I make a request? Um, I ran into the issue where I want to have a far that runs on the command line and runs through the browser, that can be included uh, into something else. It's a, it's a library, but I want it to also be runnable on the command line. Uh, if you add a shebang to a far and you include it, the shebang will just be output uh, to standard out. Uh, obviously, if you run it on the command line, it's, it's hidden. Uh, I would love to make it so that when you include something with a shebang, it is hidden. Uh, at least a far, so I'll put in a in a feature request. But that would be great.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure I understand everything, but <laughs> we can talk about it here. Yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, getting the packages signed. Maybe we could get Scott in on that one.
4: Can you <laughs> hear me at all? Crypto guy. Yeah, I can.
0: I can Sweet. see you on one screen and hear you on another. You, you're like in the chat room twice. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I had to jerry-rig it. I'm having hardware issues.
0: Because <laughs> um, well, you, you're working on an RFC to make a – actually, I think there was an RFC to deprecate encrypt a long time ago, and then you actually created another one to remove it completely, or is that still in the works?
5: Uh, yeah, I actually need to open the boat on that one soon. Um, so the grand scheme of things for everything I'm trying to do for 7.1 and beyond is to make cryptography and PHP boring. And that word has a very specific, uh, very specific definition to cryptographers. Uh, boring crypto just works. Um, it's easy for users to implement. It does everything correctly. It does everything obviously in constant time. So you don't have these side channel attacks. It's, you know, at least 128 bits of security. And it's usable. Like, you don't have to think about it too much. You just plug it and go. And that's the overall goal of uh, the three RFCs I have. Uh, the first one is to get rid of encrypt because, as uh, Chris Cornut said in PHP.security on a, a free note earlier, he was trying to uh, take code that was encrypted with the um, – I think it's pronounced Rhindale. Someone corrected me on that, like, three or four months ago, and I forgot how it's was pronounced. Um, the
3: Rhindale 256 algorithm. On- uh, I I won't try and pronounce it because I'm not Dutch.
5: (laughs) So, AES was based off the 128-bit version of, let's just call it the R cipher, to be lazy. Um, And Encrypt gives you three different versions. One of them is um, 128, which is the AES cipher. Then you have the 192-bit and 256-bit. This is the block size. AES always has 128-bit block sizes, but the key size can change. Um, somebody well-known, you know, Chris Cornut, he runs the, uh, securing PHP newsletter. Um, he was trying to decrypt data that was encrypted with the R256 cipher, but he was trying to do it through open SSL, which doesn't offer that one because it's not standard. So there's a, there's a lot of issues with the encrypt library. Um, it hasn't been maintained in, I think we're at nine years now since the last update. Um, there's a, uh, integer overflow on 64-bit operating systems with the CAS 256 cipher and the fix that we proposed actually affected a macro so looking at the code it you can't help but wonder if that affects other ciphers since that macro is used pretty extensively so encrypt is basically just very bad news so one of the things i want to do is get rid of encrypt because it creates a lot of foot bullets for um, developers um, it gives you counter mode, but it doesn't give you a ctr count, uh, constant so you have to actually pass a string in place of a constant there. Um, the documentation used to be really bad, but it's since gotten better. It used to tell people to use ecB mode by default um, having a encrypt aES um, alias for the uh, r2 for the r one twenty eight cipher would have been great but at this point, I think it's better, it's better to just get rid of the library completely since it's not being maintained upstream and replace it with something better. And we have OpenSSL for you know FIPS compliance and all this other stuff. But I was trying to also push in a second RFC to um, add a security library called Sodium, uh, Lib-Sodium, LibSodium, however you want to pronounce it. LibSodium.
0: We've had this g- discussion. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Libsodium, libsodium. I don't know how Frank Dennis pronounces it. It's a, um, it's a modern, conservative, uh, secure by default, and very opinionated library that falls under the definition of boring crypto. It gives you a like one true way to do things that's chosen for security and performance, and there isn't a lot of tweaking you can do. Like if you try to use crypto secret box, you get the X salsa20 cipher, and then you get a uh, Poly1305 authentication tag. And you can't really change that. It's not like with MCRYPT where you can select your cipher, select your mode. You have to add your padding manually, and then you have to remember to add a MAC after that and prepend the initialization vector or nonce, depending on which version or which uh, block mode you're using. It's simple. You just pass it your data, and you get your ciphertext.
0: So it's basically making it to where, like you said, making it easy. So if you don't, if you don't have like a padded well, see, no, I'm, I'm I'm not a crypto guy, so this is, like, even, even, I know that you're, there, it's easy to mess up, like, you can do really good security, but if you mess up the, the padding on something, then suddenly everything is broken, or it's easily like, cracked, or something.
2: Yeah, just, there is a like, version of
1: password hash, can, right? I mean, can, I, can I throw in something on this? Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. one thing I think in PHP is that over the years, there's been a lot of different, like, ways to handle uh, encrypting things, and making passwords, and all that stuff, and, and People don't really know that much about cryptography. So with mCrypt and a few of these other systems, people don't know what to do, and they just either pick the defaults or they pick the biggest number and assume that that's the securest. And because they've got this gross function with a bunch of things in it, they wrap that up, and it's deep down in an encrypt function somewhere, and no one keeps up with what's good or bad these days, and it's just there, and they just don't think about it. So I think getting removing mCrypt, especially if it's not being maintained, and, uh, and trying to move people towards you know, secure-by-default systems so they don't have to try and guess and do it themselves. Like even Laravel got caught out with uh, using the mCrypt extension but using random instead of uRandom or something like that. Like people don't know what these things are, and if the massive open-source projects are getting it wrong, then you can absolutely expect average Joe developer that started learning it last week to get it wrong, right?
5: Absolutely. <clears throat> That's one of the big problems that uh, we've run into is that uh, a lot of, especially the advice on Stack Overflow, uh, up until last year was really bad. Um, I think the top voted answers on like seven out of 10 questions, if you type in site colon stackoverflow.com space, PHP, space encryption on Google. Uh, we told people to use ECB mode, to use the R256 cipher. Um, for some reason they told you to generate an IV with ECB mode, but then they use encrypt rand. So even if they had the sense to switch to CBC mode, that would have been bad. Um, there was like nothing really good about any of those reser- uh, search results. Um, how, do you, about... how do you fix that?
1: Do you just remove stuff and then like throw errors if, if people try and use it? What a, what's the approach <laughs> to get people off of bad shit?
5: Uh, so the overall strategy would be to deprecate the library and in 7.1. In the next version after that, which I'm just going to call 7.2 for simplicity, uh, we would actually move it out to Peckle and not bundle it with PHP anymore. So if people need it, they can reinstall it from Peckle. And um, one of the things I was actually talking to Chris Cornett about on php.security is I was actually going to write a library that'd be like a user land implementation of these non-standard ciphers, but it would only support decryption. So you can easily import this library, decrypt all your data, and then re-encrypt it with a more secure method.
1: That sounds awesome.
5: (laughs) So the third RFC I was going to be proposing kind of builds off the uh, previous one. It's a uh, pluggable cryptography library. Or pluggable PHP backend. Um, basically, it's like PDO for crypto. You would um, initialize it and say, "Okay, I want to use OpenSSL, or I want to use the, you know, live sodium, uh which would be the default um, if I'm designing it." But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it would basically be, you know, instantiate. I want to do symmetric crypto, and here's my key, and here's my message. You now give me ciphertext. And you wouldn't have to worry about what a nonce is. You wouldn't have to worry about padding. You wouldn't have to worry about key splitting or any of these other things. It would be very similar to uh, Taylor Hornby's library. Uh, that's DFU Security's PHP encryption library. Um, I link to it pretty much every time somebody asks me, how do I encrypt data in PHP 5.4? <laughs> right.
3: So awesome. if, you're,
5: if you're not familiar with it, I can tweet a link afterwards, and you guys can check it out. Um, the idea was to take something like that, not necessarily his implementation, and make it just part of the language, like a PDO feature. Um, it'd be like a high-level API where you just say, I want symmetric or asymmetric crypto, and I'm going to encrypt or I'm going to sign or I'm going to seal for asymmetric. Asymmetric, you have encrypt and sign, and then verify and decrypt. And those would be it'd be very simple, straightforward, just for encrypting data. And then you could have multiple backends. Like, let's say OpenSSL... And you know, uh, Libre Open or Libre SSL and Boring SSL and all these other ones get killed by something like a quantum computer. And Live Sodium is no longer used. And a third crypto library comes out like ten years down the road that does quantum cryptography. You could use the same front-facing API that developers know. You could just say, oh, I want to use, let's just call it PQ crypto as the back end. And then you, if you can decrypt your old data, that you can re-encrypt it with post-quantum crypto, and That's you'd awesome. be able to support a new platform.
0: It's sort so, of like the concept between, behind the password hashing, right? Is that like even as uh, as computers get faster and faster to be able to to break these hashes, you can switch out the the algorithm that's used behind password hash. Um, as as technology gets upgraded into the end user, nothing's really changed, right?
5: Yeah, and uh, that was the other one. I completely forgot to mention that one. Um, it's a small change. Um, as soon as we hear back from the Argon Two team, I was going to submit a pull request and. Trying to get Argon2 into uh, PHP 7.1 is the new um, is an option for password hashing. It wasn't going to be the default one probably until at least 7.3, I think, would be the earliest, or 8.0, whichever it comes out to be.
3: We have, like, a procedure for um, password hashing algorithm, because when Anthony proposed password hash, he was actually thinking carefully about the future, so he set down these rules Uh about when we would introduce, when and how we would introduce new algorithms, uh, and when they would be allowed to be set to default, because he wanted to be, you know, conservative about and safe and make sure things worked. Right. Right. which is, you know, a really good thing, <laughs> because we don't really want to introduce an algorithm, you know, like in 7.2, and then suddenly discover, oh no, this algorithm is terrible. This was a terrible decision. So, we we have to be very careful about it.
4: Right. That's why think, I...
2: we don't oh, get to where, uh, like, if Bcrypt does get uh, destroyed, you know, we want to be able to get away from it quickly as
1: well. So, I know Anthony put a lot of thought into that. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think I think, these, I think these future-facing libraries are incredibly important for PHP. Like we we already know from the whole MySQL, MySQLi, PDO kind of nonsense that people just don't update their code. They just don't. In PHP, you can just knock out a bunch of crap code and leave it on your on your five-dollar GoDaddy host for ten years and expect it to still run. And you know, over to something else, then it down well has to be a, a generic API that can handle whatever comes in in the future reasonably well with, you know, with minimal change. And if we're getting people to change from one thing to another, then make sure they don't have to change again in two years time because they just won't bother and they'll keep their same crap insecure code. Even if, even if, you know, the hosts are updating PHP version, they're still going to be using this crap library unless it just does it in the background f- for them, you know?
5: Yeah, that's one of the things that makes the uh, password hashing API beautiful. If we get to 7.3 and they switch to Argon2, um, some variant of Argon2 or YesCrypt, then transparently all new hashes generated will be using the new algorithm. So if bcrypt dies in like 2020, it won't be a big deal because everybody will have silently been upgrading their password hashes the entire time. Well,
3: presumably use password, put password default. Password default anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like some people put put some bcrypt. And to be honest, like this whole silent upgrade thing is really nice, but I bet you that someone out there has made a MySQL table where there's a fixed-length column that is only as long as the hash be produced. I was just about so what's to say gonna that, happen yeah. is, like, <laughs> What's going to happen is we're going to introduce some new algorithm, maybe it'll be argon2, maybe it'll be something new, and then we'll discover that, oh no, we've just completely corrupted a lot of people's password hashes. But we'll see. We'll see how things turn out.
1: That's definitely going to happen, and it's going to be. People just don't <laughs> read the manual. On people PHP, don't read the manual. Why like, can't I log into my account anymore? Be like, yeah, you set a, you set a field limit so on your, my SQL table. <laughs>
3: it's, it's incredible. Like people do not read the manual. Like the manual is, it it the PHP manual has all says all sorts of silly things, but like it's it's at least. Official and sort of updated and maintained. Other sources aren't. Like there are a lot of sites out there that tell you to use password hash with a constant that isn't even designed for password hashing. It's designed for the crypt function, and it is only by sheer coincidence that both of those constants have the same value in the PHP implementation, and it just happens to work. But like, I'm terrified. Somewhere out there. Lots of people out there will be doing the wrong thing and it'll just go all wrong.
1: I invite I invite you all to add stuff to PHP the right way because that's usually where people get sent when there's bad information in other locations.
2: It's one of those you can lead a horse to water. I mean we can we can only do so much and I think we're headed in the right
0: direction. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I get really excited every time there's a new security that is being proposed to PHP and making it security easy because the more the longer I am as a web developer going along this journey, it makes every like security becomes more and more important every time. Like I it used to be kind of like this afterthought, but now it's like it's really at the forefront every time I do something. Now it's just it's insane. People's identities constantly getting stolen mainly because of insecure web things, and it's just it's just so so paramount and per- and 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 important. So. Um, yes, yeah, so my hat is off to you, Scott, for your, your endeavors on making PHP more secure. And I, we're kind of getting close to needing to wrap it up here. Um, I did want to at least mention one RFC that is just absolutely fresh off of the, the printing press here is like literally a four hours ago, Nikki Nikita, uh, uh, posted it to, um, the internals thread and it's, um, php 7.1 deprecations and i just want to quickly kind of go through um a couple of these things because uh the underscore underscore (laughs) what's that you haven't read it yet (laughs) it's super fresh so it's the underscore underscore autoload magic function um it he's saying that uh it has i'm just kind of reading this off the rfc um this function has been uh, suppressed by the spl autoload register function in php 5.1 and is used and its use is discouraged in the documentation Uh, And so they're wanting to remove that or deprecate that uh, in 7.1. Also, the um, PHP underscore error MSG uh, variable, which is created in the local scope whenever a non-fatal error is thrown. Um, If the track underscore errors, uh, INI setting is enabled, which is disabled by default. And the error is uh, not being consumed by an error handler. So kind of removing uh, global scoped variables, that's always nice. Um, And there's two more here. There's the create underscore function to deprecate that, which is a thin wrapper around the eval language construct, allowing the creation of a function with a generated function name uh, and the argument list and body code uh, provided as string arguments. I'm kind of like not quite understanding what this is all about, but (laughs) basically deprecating that function. And then lastly, um, deprecating Rand and SRand um, and kind of, uh, showing that uh, or or offering alternatives, uh, mt_rand and M- mt_srand, or maybe even uh, random underscore int. I think would probably be a good ones, especially for cryptographic uh, contexts. But to deprecate uh, rand and srand, that's a, that's I'm, I'm all for that. So um,
5: I actually yeah. have a, a project on GitHub that's along the same lines. Uh, the use case of SRAND and RAND is if you want to have a pre shared seed for a random number generator. So that way, two machines are generating the same data for some reason, like a Monte Carlo simulation. And I called it seed spring because I love really bad puns. <laughs> so um, it's actually based off the AES cipher and counter mode. And what it does is you send your seed, you set your position within this keystream, and it'll just generate random bytes by encrypting like a null stream and just giving you the keystream that you would normally XOR with your plain text. So, uh, I definitely think getting rid of MT rand and rand, or sorry, getting rid of S rand and rand is a uh, good idea. Yeah, uh, we don't, don't have a comparable one for randament, but that's a good thing because that's meant to be secure. All
1: of so the, the things listed know. in that RFC should be set on fire. <laughs>
3: like, uh, I, I could comment on some of these. Like, um, like MT rand and S RAND, like, uh, well, sorry, rand and S rand. Like, there was a post on Reddit php subreddit like literally today or yesterday last 24 hours call which was a problem which we think was caused by someone using rand on windows because they're wondering why they kept getting the same sequence of numbers and the reason is because the windows random number generator was written ages ago and they can't change it and it's terrible so it just it it doesn't take very long before you start getting the same results again
1: it's actually Um, one of the things sorry carry
3: on and, and like so, yeah, what were you going
1: to say? I was going to say, it's one of the things listed on PHP Sadness, which I'd like to see gone as well. I've been talking to the guy that that runs PHP Sadness, and I, I let him know when, uh, when things are knocked off, and he's really happy to yeah. see his complaints are being removed one at a time. Like, half of them are gone, but Rand is still on there, and... Uh, they, they, they kind of make fun of PHP a little bit because RAND was discovered to not actually be random. So they just had a new one called MT like better RAND. Instead of implementing over the top of RAND and making it better, they're just like, oh, here's this other function that you should try and remember to use, right? So, um, yeah, getting rid of RAND and just kind of pointing people towards MT RAND and other better improvements would be really helpful. Could, could we not just... Alias
2: rand to MT rand? And S rand to MT S random argument against
3: it.
2: I can't
3: Like the um the,
2: they they want rand but not that much randomness?
3: The problem is S rand. Like some people inevitably someone out there relies on uh, srand S rand if you give it some number always producing the same sequence of numbers. Um, and actually, that is why we still have RAND and SRAND, why we didn't replace them with empty rand and empty s originally. Um, so, if we just replace them, then basically someone, it's rather unlikely, but someone out there's app might break. Um, so, ideally, we should deprecate it and get them to move off it somehow somehow. Uh, it's rather unlikely, but there is a small chance it will cause problems for someone, which is why we shouldn't just alias them, at least not in 7.2 or something. We should maybe in 8.
5: I can guarantee that anybody who's using those functions is doing something very bad, like turning rand and srand into a stream cipher. Uh, I think cakephp2 did that.
3: It, it's useful for simulations and video games, but not many people write those in php although i do know there is a clone of uh, advance wars that's written in php that's pretty good uh. <laughs> well I,
0: I we're really kind of over time here so we got to start wrapping it up and i'm I, first of all i want to actually um at least mention probably the most controversial rfc that's been that's been proposed recently and that is the code of conduct rfc which no. originally was proposed by Anthony oh, Ferrara. No. <laughs> no, no groaning Phil's, we're, not going, totally we're I, not going there don't worry we're not going there didn't
3: Town Hall just have an episode on the yeah, I so. I that
0: one yet, but I'm ready to um, I'm sure I'm sure it got really ranty on the side of Phil maybe I don't know no
1: there's actually a PHP Town Hall episode the one that's uh, the videos up online but the audio isn't yet and it's actually a a very sober responsible interesting conversation um, and, and Jenny Wong joins us and she calls me wrong a bunch of times and it's it's a really good conversation it's <laughs> favorite episodes yet so go check that out awesome. if in
0: the yeah i'm definitely um i definitely wanting to check that one out. I saw that it was up uh, a little while ago but i haven't uh checked it out yet um but Derek Rathens response uh, has taken it over and um I've kind of chatted with them and I think we're we might actually do a, an episode dedicated to the code of conduct um and I've been trying to follow it along a little bit and and uh, contribute back to it as much as i can and um so we'll 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 revisit that topic um and uh, and when it becomes a little bit more um a little bit more solid, uh, and, and, you know, worked out a little bit. Uh, also I want to mention, uh, Andrew Huggins, I did this in the last episode too, but he, he created a repo, uh, for the show notes because i I'm not good at like actually writing these show notes. So he actually, um, uh, wrote some show notes for a couple of the episodes and put it in a repo and we've actually put it in on GitHub on, under the, uh, PHP round table namespace. So if you go to github.com slash PHP Roundtable, you'll see a little repo in there show notes and if you write, if you if you're like listening to these things and you're like taking notes along the way, just take notes and put them in Markdown and 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 send a PR to the the repo. And you're not only contributing to an open source project, but everybody's benefiting. And I'm going to give you a personal shout out and say thank you, thank you, thank you. So and so for writing the show notes for episodes such and such. Um, so yes, if you're interested in doing that, uh, definitely check it out. On GitHub.com/phproundtable. And finally, we got to wrap this thing up with the developer shout out, which is my favorite segment because we get to recognize somebody really awesome in the community um, for doing their awesome things. And what we're doing is providing them a $50 Amazon gift card from laracasts.com. So, Jeffrey Way, this guy, has all these screencasts on this website, laracasts.com. And you can learn all kinds of things about not only Laravel. It's a big – there's a lot of stuff on Laravel, but there's all kinds of things on, like, testing, um, setting up IDEs. There's stuff on, like, setting up PHP Storm. I'm actually going through right now the one on um, how to use Vim properly and, like, really getting it set up to where you're, like, a Vim master. So I've been forcing myself to actually use Vim in uh, certain situations to where uh, I can – I can really up my Vim skills, which right now are extremely basic. I've got Vim key bindings on for PHP storm and that's as, but as Vimy as I get. So his, his tutorials and screencasts are just absolutely phenomenal. You'll learn tons. I highly recommend it. Uh, so thank you, Lyricast for sponsoring the developer shout out, uh, as always, and our panel nominated this official person for the developer shout out in this episode. And is Paul Dragunis. And Paul's been on this show before. Um, I, I think, Phil, were you the one who originally mentioned that, or, or Davy? I can't remember who. Davey, but who yep. Why do why we, uh, we nominate Paul for this one? Yeah,
1: he's, he's been working his ass off on the php.net website. Um, he does a lot of work on it. He's helped with a few other people. Davy, do you know who else does the website?
2: Uh, I don't know his name, but B-W-O-E-I-B-I, Bobby? I don't know how you say oh, his uh, name. Oh, Bob yeah, so I know there's a couple other people working on it, but he, he was the one who really kind of pushed and got the new version out um, and, and did all that thankless work. Uh,
3: Did Levi a, as
2: well. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I know there's like I say I know there's a couple of people, but he definitely took the lead and was like, you know what, this has been in development for a while. Let's just get it out there and and actually move forward. So
1: yeah. I saw Paul yeah. um, sifting through the um, the garbage fire that is RPHP, trying to find uh, valid feedback and then implementing those changes. So he managed to um, to wade through that festering pile of nonsense to get good feedback.
0: <laughs> true that. True that. Well. Uh, Paul, I will be sending you a um, uh, like a message to try to figure out your snail mail address and get you a thank you card to get in the mail. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being involved in the PHP.net project and everything else you do because I know you do a bunch of other things. And thanks again, LayerCast, for sponsoring the developer shout-out. Um, and real quick, uh, let's take a moment to do some shameless plugs. Uh, Andrea, do you have anything that you want to promote? Um, uh,
3: shameless. Oh, wait. Isn't shameless plugs where you promote your own things? Indeed um um i I have several really terrible packages on packages. You should use one of them they're really terrible uh actually one of them one of them is decent uh which is a, a a simple package called new type which lets you wrap say you have an integer it makes it makes a class for you that wraps an integer that's all it does It's a single function if you're really lazy and want to make your um if you if you want cleaner type so that's my shameless plug. Don't use any of my other packages. They're terrible. Really don't. <laughs> this isn't reverse psychology, although it might be interesting if
1: it is. I kind of want to use them now.
0: <laughs> nice. What about you, Dave? You got anything you want to promote? Um, I guess not promote,
2: maybe ask for help. Um, You know, talking about RFCs, I am working on an RFC to add HTTP2 to the CLI server. As I mentioned, I'm not a C developer, so uh, this is way beyond my capabilities. So if anybody has C knowledge um, and would like to work on that, um, maybe mentor some, whatever, that would be awesome. Um, But I'm hoping to also get uh, StreamsLayer, HTTP2 support, and um, uh, an nghttp 2 client as well uh, as a a companion to CURL. So uh, yeah, it'd be really awesome.
0: Cool. What about you, François? Oh, you're muted. You've got to unmute yourself. Real yeah.
4: quick.
5: There
4: you go. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, wanted people to vote on an uh, RFC. I open vote today about negative string, uh, support for negative string offsets in, uh, in many built in functions and in PHP. So people with uh, the right to vote on RFC are welcome. On this.
0: Yeah, um, I'm surprised we actually didn't actually talk about that one very much. But you did the the negative string uh, RFC that you've got in the in the mix right now. That's the is to make a consistent API with uh, what is it string string position yes. or, or substring? But, I think.
4: Uh, the, as Andrea told about consistency, that's all about consistency in 7.1. Nice. Yeah, because we we accept uh, negative offsets in some functions and. Not on others. We don't accept on, in the language when taking bytes from, uh, from a string. And uh, that is consistent. So it's uh, a small step towards uh, better consistency. Uh, yeah. So nice. what for it.
0: Very cool. Awesome.
1: Uh, what about you, Phil? You got anything you want to promote?
0: Uh, I know you got stuff to promote.
1: Yeah, I've always got something to promote. Um, Maidenproduction.com. Uh, this is a website where me and Zach Kitzmiller sell silly T-shirts about programming. Um, we used to have the double claw, which you might have seen, but um, we got two new T-shirts. Um, too too busy to write unit tests, and uh, too lazy to write unit tests. One's got like a a video game pad, and the other one's got an armchair. Those are two. Uh, you know, the, the too lazy to write tests is pretty much the only excuse, and and uh, too busy is is just a uh, a bit of a bit of a joke about like there's that you're never too busy just bloody well do it write some tests
3: um, am i allowed to buy a php league t-shirt without being a league member
1: yes they're available on maidenproduction.com people as well.
3: think i'm being really arrogant if i wear that t-shirt
1: <laughs> yes you are you are <laughs> trying to steal everybody's code and trying to take over the php community just to suit my ego that's what happens if you wear the php league t-shirt but you're allowed to wear one if you want
0: and I actually want to plug you again for your. Uh, I know you you have you've had this one out for a while. The API the APIs you won't hate book uh, build APIs that you won't hate book. Uh, I because I did actually read that for um, you know not so long ago, and I tell you the biggest thing I got out of that book was Postman. Holy crap! That extension, that Chrome extension, Postman. I thought I was doing it great with uh, this little. Uh, Uh, this Mac app called HTTP client and I was hitting all my endpoints like that. And it's, it was just a pain in the butt, but postman, Holy crap. It's so powerful. I can't imagine designing an API without postman now.
1: Strangely enough, um, this might be a talk for another time, but I've moved away from using Postman now. I just no t- way! <laughs> I, I, it was really useful for a while, um, but now I just TDD the crap out of it. I just really cover my uh, my all of my endpoints. I do a lot of unit testing. Uh, we we do a lot of unit testing at my company. Um, and we also do integration testing, which sets up all of the endpoints with all the different contexts and the different tokens. And, and we just do it through TDD with using RSpec. Um, I'm going to write an article about that soon, but Postman is really good as well. It's just not quite as good as it could be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're already on the next thing. All all right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. I'd, I'd love to hear about that. So what about you, Scott? What You got anything you want to promote?
5: Uh, well, there's, there's my company, Paragon Initiative Enterprises. Um, we do code review. We do software development. Um, if you're just starting out, security might not be a big concern, but six months down the line, when you have Data Protect, you might want to start thinking about application security. Uh, it's a lot cheaper to hire a security consultant than it is to get breached. So uh, definitely consider that.
0: Absolutely. It's paramount. Sweet. Well, if you guys – uh, let me see where I've got coming up next. Oh yes, so our uh, next episode will be uh, from Idea to Production Part Two, taking the dancer deck idea that we discussed a couple months ago and talking about what the next steps are to actually make this idea turn into an actual production app. And finally, we'll be talking about graph databases in this month. So we got two more episodes this month, I'm trying to catch up to where I um, had a little bit of a lapse in schedule um, for. Uh, december and january so trying to play some catch up here um if you have an idea that you'd like to uh, share on the roundtable or you have an idea that you want people to talk about uh, hit me up on uh, twitter i'm sammy k or hit up uh, php roundtable or just go to php there's a form you can fill out to say hey i got this idea i'd like to thank andrea davey francois phil and scott for joining us in this episode and we'll see you guys in the next episode (laughs)
1: Loving the winks, Sammy. Loving the winks. (laughs) Well done. Well moderated. The PHP Roundtable is
0: recorded live using Google Hangouts On Air. If you'd like to get more information about the live broadcasts, visit phproundtable.com. While you're on the site, join the mailing list to get notified about the next live episode. And hey, maybe even join the conversation at the Roundtable. We'd love to hear what you have to say. The theme music is provided by Bensound at bensound.com. The PHP Roundtable logo was designed by Clint McManaman, and you can find him at mcmanaman.co. That's M-C-M-A-N-A-M-A-N nco Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy K. Powers, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode.